Yeah. So the podcast, I haven't explained much, um, but I've been thinking about it for uh, maybe a year because in the, probably the past four or five years, I've had I've met a lot of cool people with a lot of inter, inter, uh, interesting um, stories mm-hmm. in their life. Um, last summer, we did a series here called the Godly Man Series, and it, mm-hmm. it interviewed three people, um, three men who had... Like you, I, I'd see them on Sundays at church, but then when we did the testimonies and I heard about like their life growing up, what they've been through, mm-hmm. it created this human moment for me to like see them more than just somebody's on a Sunday, like their yeah. story and it came to life. And then your whole mm-hmm. view and perception of somebody changes. And then you, it just opened up this whole new of like, oh man, this is really good. And for on Sunday morning, it was good. But I'm like, there's, everybody has a story. Everyone mm-hmm. has a childhood. Everyone has everyone is the way that they are based off of like what they've been through. Yeah. And like, we just don't have enough time for that. So I, I've been come becoming more curious in general. Um, I like to ask questions and just listen and hear. And so, um, kind of like as a way to, to make a platform for the body of Christ or for just for people to listen and share their story. I'm like, well, this is easy because I like talking to people. I have good conversations with people. Why don't we just record it? And so that's where we're at now. Um, it's right now. I'm just getting a bunch of content. I haven't even. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll probably announce this in the next couple of weeks. But so far, I've talked with um, a licensed counselor. I've talked with uh, somebody who works in like grief share um, ministry mm-hmm. a good. lot. I've um, talked with Pastor Bruce, who's been mm-hmm. here, and then, so we'll do little, I'll do little projects, like get to know the staff, we'll sit down with Pastor Chad, Pastor Michelle, but like, all yeah. of them, get to know the worship team, get to know the kids director, get to know, so it'll be um, good for the body uh, here at M-Star to just get to know people, mm-hmm. and so it's not just like, oh, that's just, that's Pastor Corey, he leads worship, no, you'll maybe hear a little bit about me, or yeah. if it's Laura or Amanda and the kids, we're, like, who's who's our mm-hmm. kids director or our youth pastor and and what's their story and like i don't yeah. know just you get to so i uh i just am reaching out to people so when you i just whenever i texted you last week i was like oh i want to get together with steve well hey why don't we just sit down and talk because i want to hear about mm, what's going on in steve's life what's mm-hmm. been like the last year what it was like getting out of a job into ministry, moving, and then that crazy year that it's been. So yep, that's a story. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you, well, when did when did this start? When did you leave your job? So I left um, probably two years ago in October is when I left there, and that's when we started our whole support raising journey for the next year we were raising support yeah Yeah. and and how you did not like that part right (laughs) well here's the thing about raising support no would be like the quick answer that you know you you don't like it because it's extremely uncomfortable and the way support raising is done in missions is you know you pretty much go and sit down across the kitchen table with someone and you share your ministry you share what's going on and then you ask them to come along on the journey with you um, and really to be a part of that of that ministry with you because, you know, you can't do the ministry unless you've got people that are supporting you. 
So it really is a, a relationship that mm-hmm. you have. But you know what? You got to make a ton of phone calls and you need to sit down and ask people to meet. And, you know, when you're talking about financial support, a lot of times people don't want to don't want to meet with you. So you've got a, a lot of rejection and, and yeah. that sort of thing. So it's very difficult. However, you see God do things and you learn about God in a way that I don't think that you can um, in any other way, because you you begin to see him truly as your provider, um, as people start to come onto your team and as people start to to catch the vision about what God is doing, and and you see them like, yeah, you know what, that really is something that we want to be a part of, and you know the way that they're a part of it is not just supporting you financially, but also like praying for you and you know maybe sending you notes and cards to to encourage you, and they're very much a part of that ministry. But God just becomes so real to you through that time um, that it really is is an amazing process. And, and like I said, I, I think there's things you can learn about God that, that you can only learn um, in that way. And there's just this, like, there's this divine partnership when, when you're raising support. Like, you work probably harder than you have ever worked in your entire life. You put yourself out there to, like, every human being that you've ever met. But at the end of the day, God is the one that inclines people's hearts um, mm. to, to come on the team. Um, so it's not something that you can do. Um, there's just this divine partnership that you do what you do, and God is the one that, uh, that gives the increase. It's kind of like that, that verse where, you know, uh, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So rewinding back, how long have you been married? We have been married 26 years. It'll be 27 in... June. <laughs> and this, you guys were just, um, you both had full-time jobs? Yes. Or, okay. Yep. Kristen uh, ran a home for homeless moms in Reading. So that's a ministry she did for about 20 years. And uh, I was at a retirement community for 21. 21. And then how did this slow how did the, how did this slowly start like coming up in your heart or in Kristen's heart of like mm-hmm. what's next something has to change something has to shift like yeah. how did that show up well i mean it really started with what god did in in our marriage and and more than that like what god did in in our hearts and in our lives um so you know Kristen and i over the years like a lot of people do we just started drifting apart and it's one thing that we've learned about marriage is that you are either moving towards oneness or you're drifting towards isolation Mm. and i think over the over the years like we just started drifting towards isolation in our marriage to to the point where you know what we were just roommates i mean we, we weren't in like open conflict we didn't fight all the time you know like we were friends we went on vacation with our daughter and and all kinds of stuff but like we were just kind of roommates and, you know, it just got to the point where like all the intimacy in our relationship was gone, um, even physically. I mean, there was a point of probably about 14 years that we weren't even, you know, intimate in that way as a, as a married couple. So we had completely um, drifted apart. And, you know, it really came to a point where it was like, you know, God started to really awaken in, in my heart. And I'm like, man, this isn't right. Like, we need to, to get them something straight. Like, we need to fix this. So I remember, like, I wrote her this, this big letter, and, and I was, like, just kind of laid it out in there, like, hey, like, we, we need to fix this. Like, you know, this isn't what, what God wants for us. This isn't, you know, 
all that and uh, expecting like, wow, this is going to be the thing that, that really changes things. So I gave her the letter and she was like, no, like why now? Like what, why after all these years should we start moving towards oneness in our marriage? Like, you know, we've got mm. these two completely separate lives. Like why? And to be completely honest, like that crushed me. That completely crushed me because I'm like, Lord, you know, I know this is what you want for a married couple, but like, what, what are we going to do? And over the next probably year and a half, God began to do a miracle in our relationships. And it really, it started, um, it really started by me kind of pursuing her, but not as a wife, but more as a, as a sister in Christ. Um, and really, like, as God began to open up my heart and teach me things, and, and not that Kristen wasn't walking with the Lord, she certainly was, I mean, she ran a ministry and, and, and all that, but God really started working in my heart and just, and just changing me as a person, and I began to know God in ways that I never had known him before. Um, I had two friends that I had asked to really just walk with me um, th- during this journey, and, and I just really wanted to sit at the feet of the Master and, uh, and learn from, from Christ and, and just develop, develop my relationship with him. So um, I first started pursuing her as a sister in Christ, um, I would leave her little notes at our coffee maker about something that the Lord taught me in the morning um, or whatever it might be. And she'll tell you in the beginning, she's just like, she'd crumple them up and throw away. Yeah. Throw them away. She's like, I, didn't, I don't want to hear this. This is like not something that I want to do. But over time, she began to read them. Um, she began kind of keeping them, putting them in her Bible. And the notes became more personal as a husband to a wife after a while. So God just did this huge thing, um, and after God really just, you know, there was a moment where it just really broke open, and, and we were like, yes, like, we want to move towards oneness. And over the next year after that, God began to just weigh on our hearts. There was one particular moment I can remember that we were talking, um, you know, right before bed, and I just, I just heard God say, hey, like, what I've done in you I want to do through you and like that you is is collectively the, yeah. the, the two of us that like what I've done in your marriage like in your relationship I want to do through you for others like this wasn't for you it's for others and that began our journey um, into ministry because like we want to see what happened what God did for us God can do for anybody how did you uh, stay in that t- like how long was it when you had this shift in, in your heart to um, pursue your Christian differently. And how did you stay like grounded to the point of like, if, if you knew she was throwing them away, did like, how, was there a lot of doubt, confusion? How long can this go on? Or did you find yourself at such a place of peace with the Lord throughout however long that was? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a lot of people can relate to this season of, of mm-hmm. isolation and, and the, the, the question that's always, like, no one actually knows the answer to is, like, how long is that going to be? And mm-hmm. is forever, like, a possible, like, how did you just stay in that? Yeah. Well, it wasn't easy. <laughs> that's the short answer. It, it wasn't easy at all. But I was, you know, first thing is, like, I was committed to our marriage. And, you know, I'm like, Lord, even if you never heal this, like, I am going to treat her the way a husband needs to treat a wife. Like, I am going to, I'm going to be a good husband to her, no matter what. 
because that's my commitment before you first. Mm. And I think, you know, along with that, you know, I came to a point in my life where all I really wanted was Jesus. Like all yeah. I wanted and still want is, is my relationship with Jesus Christ because that's the answer to everything. It's, it's first that you, you have that relationship with him. So, you know, even though I wanted our marriage to be healed, what I really wanted was him. Yeah. And the reality is like, I could have him. He's enough. He's yeah. enough. Yeah. He is absolutely enough. No matter what you're going through, he is enough and he sustains you even through the hard. Mm. And, you know, we went through probably a year, year and a half that it was really hard. Um, but God sustained because, you know, he's all I wanted. And even for Kristen too, like she'll tell you, like he is all she wanted. And then he began to bring us um, back together. So you really, you focused on yourself in that season, you and the Lord and you're in your heart. And did your, um, did your like daily act like patterns or time with the Lord change or did you, were you always doing the same thing? And then all of a sudden for whatever reason on some date, your heart just kind of broke open. I mean, is that, or did you make deliberate decisions that kind of went after it? Like what triggered, was it just the Lord kind of convicting yeah, yeah. When, when I began to to really seek the Lord really, really seriously, like after <clears throat> after I had uh, you know given him that note and things got you know pretty bad, um, I started getting up at four o'clock in the morning uh, to start spending time like considerable time with God and and learning um, just learning from Him. Tons of time in Scripture, tons of time in prayer, time journaling, um, you know all of that. And the reason I picked early in the morning like that is because it's the only time the house was quiet. Mm. It was the only time that I could just spend time with him and uh, not have, you know, a kid running around or there's all kinds of commotion in the house. That was the only time I had. So I just spent that time probably like an hour, hour and a half in the morning, just communing with God. And, you know, when you do that, when you spend that much time in scripture, when you spend that time in, in prayer, and, you know, prayer just isn't like us coming before God and, and uh, you know, asking our requests. Like, it's communing with him. It's, it's, it's building a relationship with him in that time of prayer. And, like, you speak to him, he speaks to you. And sometimes you spend that time just being quiet um, before the Lord and, and allowing him to do that. I did that this morning. I just had a time where, like, I prayed and then I just sat and said, okay, Lord, like, you speak to me, you, you minister to me um, yeah. at this point. Uh, I love it. I love it. Sometimes, at least I'll speak for myself. I, I've been, I can be really, really hard on myself if I feel like I need to be locked into a certain way of doing things when it comes to devotion or time with the Lord. And the, um, uh, a couple years ago, somebody said, like, why are you being so hard on yourself? Like, you're not, you're not getting anywhere by just constantly putting this pressure on yourself on the way that something has to look mm-hmm. when it comes to relationship with the Lord. Like, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be at 4 a.m. with this new devotional and reading a chapter a day, the Bible in the year. Like, it doesn't have to be. It can be, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be. Um, and uh, I've for the past year, coming up on a year, I, I, I started... Well, it was funny. I always wanted to be a morning person. Never could be. Through my 20s, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do it. I was like, I was rolling out of bed, trying to get ready. I, I used to have like an hour commute to work, had to get to work, and then... It didn't matter if I had an hour commute to work or if I lived at the place I worked at. It was like, I'll just, if I start at 8 and I got to go a mile down the road, I'll wake up at 7.45 and struggle throughout the day. I was so tired of that. And uh, 
somebody said, well, uh, why what's one thing you can look forward to in the morning? And I was like, well, I, I like coffee. He's like, just do this. Go get a coffee maker that you can set the an auto brew on and set it for whatever time you want to get up. Just set it for that time mm-hmm. and then see, like, just see if. And when people are like, I'm a morning person, so I'm a morning person. Now I, I'm up at 5.15 and I leave my house at 5.30. I go for a one-hour walk, three miles around my block every day wow. except Sunday. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, like, well, what do you do on your walk? What's well, like sometimes I do nothing. I just walk and don't listen sometimes I listen to music sometimes I listen to podcast conversations um recently random people who know I do this have been joining me in the morning and and then I'm spending time you know with a, a brother in Christ and at 5 30 in the morning just at like four nothing else is happening there's nothing going on no one's in a hurry to get anywhere uh except on that one part of the street where people are always <laughs> late for work um but there's like the stars are out the moon's out it's quiet. It's still like, there's just no, it's the best way to start the day. Mm. And, um, and I'm not like, well, people are like, are you going to, are you going to start? Like they call it exercise. You know, you, you exercise in the morning. I'm like, I just go for a walk. It's like, well, are you going to like work into like running? I'm like, no, I'm just going for a walk and I love it. And I can't like not do it. Um, and well, what started it? What started it was eight years ago when I bought a coffee machine that uh, I knew there was a hot coffee downstairs that would get me out of bed and start this way of, back then it was six o'clock, now it's 5.10, and I do the coffee after the walk, but it it was like the little things over time starting to shape, um, you know, shape an outcome that you've you've desired. And so don't be hard on yourself, people. Uh, Find the one thing that maybe, you know, maybe it is just reading the Bible, maybe it's getting up at four, maybe it's going for a walk, but that still quiet time, you know, is really good for the heart yeah. and for your, your, your walk with the Lord. So when, when you spoke, Steve, of, of, uh, of work, like right before you guys made the dis- this decision. So I know a little bit, but like work was all consuming. Is that right? At that time too? Yeah, it certainly was. It was, uh, you know, I, I worked at a retirement community. Um, early in my life, I was in youth ministry, um, and uh, we did that for about four or five years. It runs um, in the family. It does. It runs in the family. Um, so, you know, we continued volunteer for a number of years after that, but we were on staff at a church for four or five years. And, you know, it, it had a difficult ending, um, and it really burned me out. Um, that was like a, a really difficult time. And, and I took a job in the construction of this retirement community and never left. After the construction, I moved into the maintaining the community. And then after a bunch of years, moved into like managing the, the, uh, the facility um, side of things. Yeah. So it was, it was all consuming. We were, you know, really pushing to get houses done and, and, yeah, it was it was hard because it was 24 hours a day getting phone calls and, you know, all times of the night. And so yeah, th- it was th- things it was started tough. shifting then when it was time to focus on your marriage and you basically went all in on. Did you yeah. know what you were pursuing when you decided to stop uh, your job? And yeah, like so. I- we, I mean, we knew marriage and family ministry was was what we wanted to do. And, you know, it got to the point where. Like over a year 
we just continued to talk about, man, you know, we need to do something for other marriages. Like this wasn't for us. Like we need to do something. Uh, even to the point where like, you know, we, we invite people to come along with us on stuff that we knew were struggling so that we could kind of provide an environment for them to, uh, to talk. And, uh, we had one couple that came down to the shore with us and, and, you know, we just kind of left for quite a while and let mm-hmm. them have the place and, and enjoy that. And it's just, this passion was just growing and growing and growing for, for marriages. And it finally got to the point where it was an obedience issue. We're like, we knew that God was was calling us into this. And, uh, you know, we knew, like, where, where I was at with my job, like, I just was stuck and couldn't get out um, yeah. just because it was it was kind of a key position and, and it was just really difficult. And we got to the point where we were like, you know, Jesus said, come follow me. And uh, when, you know, Peter and, um, and when Jesus comes to Peter in that situation, Jesus walks by him and he's tending his met his nets at, at the at the boat and Jesus is like come follow me and he laid down his nets and he just turned and he started following him and that's kind of what happened to us that like we knew it was an obedience thing that he was saying you need to come now hmm. um, so we laid down our nets and and we came we took some pretty bold moves um, to be able to do it some pretty bold steps of faith um, because we didn't know where the money was coming from, you know, yeah. we were going to live on savings and, and, you know, God just started bringing it in and, and, and people started, you know, helping us and, and, you know, just all along the support raising journey, you know, when you get to about 50% on your support is when you can start to draw a small salary. And so, you know, we, we got to there, started drawing a small salary. I, I mean, just everything just really worked out, um, and uh, yeah. it was a it was a pretty bold step of faith, and you know I was terrified. And and the thing about faith is it's not that you're not terrified; um, it's just that you keep keep moving. And um, you know our support raising coach, when we finally got to the end, he had said something um, in front of the other new staff that was raising support, and he said, "Hey guys, he's like they were fearless." as as they you know went through this process and they really just you know did this and this and afterward i i pulled him aside and and i was like doug we were not fearless i was terrified Mm -hmm. for an entire year i said i was sick in the stomach for an entire year he's like but yeah you didn't let that stop you and i didn't know how to answer that it's like okay i remember uh talking with you and i was like so you basically just have to reach out to people right now and meet with them and <laughs> yeah you had like that sickened look on your face like yeah i cannot believe i'm this person yeah right now doing this, this. That, this was never in the plan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ever <laughs> so and well actually you have two kids mm-hmm. um maddie held maddie's 18 18. and she's uh still in high school 18. but she's she's 18 yeah that's pretty scary isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we have Jonathan, and Jonathan is four. And he, and Jonathan is still part of your marriage story as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I mean, I think the day that things really broke up, uh, broke open for us, you know, Kristen had said something, and, you know, we were, I'm just going to say in our 40s. Let's just leave it at that. Um, young. <laughs> we, we were young. There you go. Um, so... Kristen had said to me, you know, as we began to really talk seriously and and things were really breaking open and she's like, I always wanted to have another child. Um, Mm. But she's like, obviously that 
that couldn't happen, but it's always been a desire of my heart. And, and she's kind of talking about like, you know, that time of our life is over and, and we won't be able to do that. And I, I just kind of looked at her. I was like, well, then why can't we? Like, why, why can't we do this? Um, you know, it's, it's definitely been a desire of my heart too. And like, this would be such a beautiful thing to come out of it. Um, so we went to the doctor and you always hear a lot of things about, you know, having children after 40 and, and, uh, we were really concerned about, you know, birth defects and all that. And we went to, um, her doctor and he said, Hey, the risk is like two to 3% over 40. Um, now it increases as you get over 45 and, and all that. Um, but he was like, you're in really good health. He goes, I, I really wouldn't worry about it. Go for it. So we did. And, and she got pregnant. Mm. And uh, now we've got our little guy. And he is such a blessing. Sometimes, Corey, sometimes I look at him and tears start to come to my eyes because I cannot believe I have a son. Yeah. I just, I, I can't fathom that, that this new little guy um, came into our life. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, how... how so you, you joined, tell us a little bit, you guys are part of um, the crew, family life, mm-hmm. um, and then a little over a year ago, when you had your support and everything, you packed up and went where? Yeah, we, the- uh, we went down to Cruise International Headquarters in, in Florida, and uh, Crew is, is formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, that's how most people know it, they, they shortened it to Crew in, in the United States. Um, and one of the ministries of Crew is Family Life. Family Life has been around for 46 years, started by Dennis Rainey. Um, you know, we've got our radio program and the Weekend to Remember and, and all those things. But I think the thing that we loved about Family Life the most is being a part of Crew. Um, Crew was founded on three fundamental principles, and they are win, build, send. So Crew is about winning people to Jesus Christ building them up, them up and discipling them in their faith, and then sending them to reach others. And that win, build, send is in the DNA of every ministry that's in crew. So when you bring that philosophy over into family life, like we're not just a marriage and family ministry. We're about using marriage and family as a vehicle to bring people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we know that, guess what? It's a relationship with Jesus that's going to heal a marriage. It's, you know, every, every problem that's out there, Jesus is the answer. And that's something that we really loved um, about uh, crew and about family life is that that's our first and foremost purpose is to bring people to Christ. And everything that we have and everything we do is very overtly gospel because that's the answer. Hmm. So you moved down there and the, the, it's a year of training or what exactly was? So, um, you know, it's a worldwide ministry, so there's a lot that, you know, when you come on board, they're like, hey, will, will you do this? You know, can you do this part of the ministry? Um, and they wanted us to be in missions mobilization, and uh, we were like, okay, like, you know, we'll do that for maybe a year or two, something, and, and, and try it out, because it was such a huge need for the ministry. Um, we were located in the Little Rock, Arkansas, for about 45 years, and uh, then, you know, crew draw us back to... Uh, to uh, their main headquarters in um, in Orlando, and a lot of staff that were getting close to retirement or you know just didn't want to make the move stayed in Arkansas and and went off of staff. So the headquarters staff was really just decimated mm-hmm. at, at that point, and there were so many needs. So so we agreed you know to go and and be in in mobilization. It wasn't something that we were like, man, that's really what we feel called to. I mean, we, we really feel called to to working with people and and marriages and that sort of thing. 
but you know what? You're all pulling at the same rope. Um, you know, if, if we don't have people, we can't run weekend to remember. We can't do all the things that Family Life did or does. So we agreed to go down and be a part of missions mobilization. So that's what we've been doing for the past year. And, uh, you know, placing, you know, one of the things that Family Life is doing is placing local missionaries in, in different uh, cities and towns all across the country. And it really is a new thing. Like we were a very centralized ministry, like when it was in Arkansas, where all the staff was there and then they would go out to run an event and then come back. Okay. And, you know, we really... Like the Family Life Weekends? And stuff yes, like that? right. Like all, all of our events, you know, they'd be very headquarters-like focused positions. Okay. And, you know, our leadership really started taking a look at like that model and saying, hey, like we're doing a great job. People are coming to Christ. Like we're, we're, we're going out and doing these events. But where's the follow-up, right? We're, what about people whose lives are changed? Who's discipling them? Who's, you know, doing those sorts of things? And you know, Family Life Local is what developed out of that, that like we need to place local missionaries on the ground to be able to do some of that follow-up, to be able to reach churches, to be able to, to bring the gospel um, uh, through marriage and family. So in Florida, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking about Maddie a little bit. How, how, so obviously Jonathan being young, how did you walk, with a teenager through all of these life changes um, from your marriage to then getting up and moving. And mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like? Yeah, that's not been easy. Um, okay. when, you, when you, when you live a place for, I think we lived here for like 49 years. Um, it's hard to pick up everything and, and just move, you know, down the Eastern seaboard, you know, it's, 1200 miles or something it's it's difficult to do that and especially with a teenager that is really hard um maddie was at a local christian school so obviously we had to to pull her out of there um and she does liberty university online their their high school Mm. so that was a good step that we were able to to put her in you know something that it didn't matter where we were geographically she could she could do school um so we've moved six times in the last 14 months oh 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 yeah yes we have because we've had we've been in a series of rentals because housing was very very difficult in florida to to find and finally when we did you know were able to get a house there was a stipulation that we had to rent it back to the owner for up to six months and we were thinking that that would take like eh, two months. They'll find a place. They're moving up to Maine. You know, how hard can that be? Mm-hmm. It ended up taking the full six months. Oh, my goodness. So, but God provided. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we lived at a Christian camp up here um, in a cabin with no kitchen yep. for um, about a month. <laughs> that was, uh, it was like we were camping. That was good. Um, we're so grateful to, uh, to Kim Sankanak for allowing yeah. us to do that. It was, it's a beautiful place. Um, we had a ministry partner rent us a place for about um, about three weeks to a month over um, Christmas in Florida, so that got us down there. Uh-huh. Um, when we sold our house here, you know, we moved all of our stuff down into storage down there. So all we had was what would fit in our car, and I have a small open trailer. Um, so all we had was what fit on on those two things. So we moved down into this short-term rental, and then we met some missionaries to Panama. Um, that actually do marriage and family ministry to other missionaries in Central and South America. 
and they had this house um, in Orlando. It was not in the in the best of area. You know, everybody thinks Orlando. They think Disney. Yeah. There's there's another side. <laughs> there is another side. So we lived there for six, I think, six months, um, and then we were finally able to to get into our home and. Guess what? God started calling us back up north, so we're in uh, in a parsonage of one of our supporting churches right now. So you were in a home that you bought, correct? Yeah, for yeah. five or six months. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, we were. And you guys didn't have you didn't see that coming that that quickly? No, we didn't. We didn't see that coming. We thought we'd be there at least at least two years, um, maybe more, because that's what we talked about in the beginning. But like I said, you know, in mobilization, what we were doing is we were placing missionaries, you know, all over the country. And Pennsylvania is is pretty unique, especially southeastern Pennsylvania, because we've got a couple weekend to remember events. We've got our largest, which is in Hershey, which, by the way, is this weekend. Um, And that's, you know, close to 2000 people. It's our largest event. We've got another one in King of Prussia. And then we've got um, two in the Pocono. So there's kind of this triangle here. Um, that we really needed to start placing some staff. And Berks County is kind of an area where it's kind of underserved by family life. Like, we don't get our uh, our radio show here. Um, so there's not a lot of people that know about family life. You know, they probably have heard a weekend to remember, but right. don't know it's family life. So it was like, we, we need to get a local team started in this area. And the beautiful thing is um, uh, ourselves and also... Um, uh, Suzanne and Kyle Weatherhold, who live in the Fleetwood area, uh, we actually knew them before we came on staff. Mm-hmm. And when we were finished raising our support, we found out they were going to come on and just started raising their support. So there's going to be two of us in this area to form a local team um, to try to reach this area, develop other leaders, um, you know, work with churches. It's uh, it really is a great opportunity. Yeah. So what is that? What's the team? What's the is it is it uh, curriculum, programs, weekends, conferences, retreats, like what exactly is the... Well, all the of the plan? above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all the above. <clears throat> and, you know, we're still really forming everything that yeah. it's going to look like because there are so many possibilities of, of things to do. We've got all kinds of ideas. Yeah. Um, we need to meet with the leadership of our local team, which we're going to do in the beginning of April, and that's when we'll start transitioning from... We're still doing mobilization remotely, um, our house actually sold way too quickly. Mm. So we were doing mobilization until the 1st of April, um, where we'll move it, move into our local role at that point. So we, we have a lot of talking. But the cool thing is, really, the ministry is going to start by assessing the area, yeah. talking to people. What's God already doing? Are there areas that we can come alongside and, yeah. and that we can join with God? Maybe another ministry that's doing something close. Um, and really assessing the needs of the area and then, and then moving into that. So we will, you know, be working with churches to, you know, organize groups to go to one of our weekend to remember events. Um, after that, helping churches to identify leaders that might want to um, begin some of our curriculums um, in, in, in their churches. Um, and really, so much of Cruz philosophy is multiplication of leadership, and that's what we want to do. So our role isn't necessarily going to be to go into a church and run Art of Marriage or run Art of Parenting or, yeah. or Vertical Marriage. Like, we want to work with the leaders of those to get them trained up, get them ready to be able to, to, to do it. And we've got, you know, a team of people that, that will be there also to support and help them to do that. So that's, that's a big part. Um, and then we're also going to be doing some, some marriage mentoring 
Uh, we're not counselors, not trained counselors, but we're, we're mentors or authentic friends um, that can just walk a marriage journey with people. Um, we're in the process of getting, you know, a little bit more training on that. Um, but that's something that Kristen and I are just really super excited to do is just a journey alongside couples that are struggling and, mm-hmm. you know, identifying areas that were like, okay, you are going to need to see a full counselor on, on these things to be able to work some things out in your life, but yeah. we'll continue this journey with you. Um, that's something that we're pretty excited about. Does, does family life have, um, almost like, like, uh, if, if somebody's marriage is like really, really struggling, I mean, what's, do they have uh, things in place? Um, um, not like a hotline, but is there almost almost like how does that how does that start? Or is it just kind of look for a weekend to remember stuff? Or I mean, does that make sense? Like yeah, what? oh yeah, yeah. No, we don't have a hotline. Um, you know, because you know we're not like a counseling yeah. service. We do have a list of vetted counselors in areas all over the country. It's actually put out by Focus on the Family, so we kind of stole it. Um, same and team. Same, same team. team. That's right. Same. Absolutely same team. <laughs> so they have a they have a beautiful list um, of counselors that, that are all over the country that like we can refer to, but it's also one of the reasons why we want to have local staff um, in an area. And, you know, we tend to remember, you know, I really want to encourage everyone yeah. um, to, to go to that. I mean, it's a very catalytic event. And, you know, we have talked to numerous people who they've decided to get divorced in the car on the way on the way there. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, we'll just go ahead and do this. And, you know, and, you know, God shows up mm-hmm. at the weekend and and they really can see that, you know what, we've got a lot of work to do, but this can work yeah. because, you know, really there they're very there are very few problems that can't be worked through. And, and can't be solved. I went to, my wife and I went to one, actually before we were engaged and some mm-hmm. of our, our friends and leaders were um, in our life were going to one. They bought us tickets just as like a gift to go. And I mean, we were so young, so we we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, but I remember, um, you know, the amount of people there struggling on like the first night or, and they bring, they bring this, you know, a speaker in and they talk about, um, like their testimony and what they walk through and they're like, they're standing up there with their, their, their spouse and, and providing just tremendous amount of hope for people and like meeting people. Like, cause you, I don't know, you don't realize, like you said, in your own life, the, the isolation in a relationship and how that slowly happens. And yeah. then it's like one person's maybe ready to, to work at something. And the other person's like, Whoa, 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 what do you, I don't, no, yeah. I'm not what, looking to walk through something. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, by the end, I mean, the weekend's set up from what I remember. Um, they have sessions. They, um, you know, you have, they have time um, for just you guys to spend, like, time together with, I don't remember if there was, like, focused things to talk about in that or not, but by the end, well, and for us not being married, there was different sessions. <laughs> for, <laughs> we weren't allowed in some of the sessions. <laughs> it was like an all, it was like a bunch of me and other guys who like, were just engaged. We're not married yet. So we had like our own huddle about, there was some guy telling us what to expect. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're, um, you know, it, it can be like, so maybe not the thing that fixes all, but it's like, a step, it's yeah, a, you know, something like that. And so, right. what is it? Valentine's weekend is the big Hershey one. Mm-hmm. Yep, this weekend, and and it it really is a catalyst for change. And 
we've redone the entire the entire thing. So it's it's um, some things the same, but a lot of things are different. Like over COVID, since everything had to be canceled, they took that time and really assessed and and changed a lot of things with the weekend. So if you've been to one in the past, um, probably time to sign up for for a new one because it is it is quite a bit different. Than, it's than definitely it something you could go to just every year, just mm-hmm. as like a, a just your keeping in check type yeah, of thing like a it's little maintenance yeah absolutely and, oh man, so much of life is like that right it's like yeah. i'm doing pretty good what's well, like well why don't you just have some maintenance things everything else mm-hmm. in life requires maintenance like how about yourself and your relationship yeah. with your spouse like right. well i don't need therapy or counseling it's like okay just check up on it get an oil change i don't know that's right <laughs> like, life is not static yeah. and and in marriage we're, we're not static yeah. we're moving one way or the other yeah and um you know that that you know, not just yearly maintenance, but daily maintenance. How, yeah. how are we doing to make yourself moving towards oneness and not towards isolation? Yeah. Hmm. So uh, were you guys both in the same like meeting when you guys had this idea of coming back up to Pennsylvania or did like you hear it first and then you'd talk to Kristen or well, we kind of <laughs> heard about it together and it was it was a process where we're like, OK, it, it kind of started maybe back in July. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we're, we were at our staff conference up in Milwaukee, and uh, we were having dinner with um, with the, the folks that are here, the, the Weatherholds, and they were like, guys, there is so much need. Like, we're just seeing it more and more um, back in our home area in Pennsylvania. They're like, you guys need to come back here. Like, <laughs> like we really, like, w- we need help. And then, um, you know, we just, as we continued to journey along with them, um, and just looking at, at Family Lake's philosophy of, of placing people in, in these areas, it just became more and more clear, and God just, like, really just started to, to burden our hearts um, that, like, th- this is the place that we need to be. Um, and we struggled a little bit before we left um, to go to Florida to be in mobilization. It was like, man, God just, like, took the veil off of our eyes and we're looking at this area and how much need and we're just talking man wouldn't it be cool to stay here and and to do local ministry here um but we didn't think that was an option at that point and we had already agreed to do mobilization we knew we would move into local ministry at some point but we thought it would be somewhere else in the country Hmm. so we like had no idea that we would ever be coming back here to southeastern pennsylvania so that was kind of like really wasn't in our on our radar and then when that began to um to be a possibility we were like you know what why take someone from you know california and move them into into brooks and montgomery county when you've got people that were there their whole life and understand the culture and you know all that Hmm. do you miss florida already um Yes, I definitely miss the weather. Um, it's really cool at Christmas time when you're putting up your Christmas lights and flip flops. You like that? I did. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really nice. You just have to to run out to Home Depot for something, and you're just kind of in flip flops. So that's that's nice. The summer's a little different. The summer is definitely hotter. The sun's hotter. Um, but you know, the winter is is really good. But there were definitely things that I missed um, up here, and one of them is running water. Like uh, I just like creeks and streams and, and rivers and seeing waterfalls. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that was also something that the Lord just started burning in our hearts too, where, you know, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's palm trees. Yeah. It's all that. But, uh, Pennsylvania is gorgeous yeah. and, and, uh, really started missing the mountains. And so it's like, God just was just turning our mm-hmm. hearts just inside out and, and burdening us for this area. 
Cool. So, well, you've been here a week now, back up here. Yes. A week. Been here a week. We're living in a sea of boxes. Um, since we're looking for a house, we're not sure what we should unpack and what we should leave um, packed up. So all of our furniture is in, is in the garage of, uh, of the, the place that we're staying. Um, and so we're just at that you know, point where we, houses are very difficult to come by right now um, in, yeah. in this area. So we have to be patient. Hopefully in the spring, more things will, will Is there up. a clicking, is there a clock ticking on your current stay or... I don't uh-uh. know. Um, okay. Well, that's it's always clicking nice. in my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like when's that call going to come through? Yeah. yeah, we can't stay there forever, right. um, but uh, it's a really cool community evangelical church out in Sinking Spring, the other side of Reading. They um, they have this house that they actually call it the Mission House, um, and they have it specifically for missionaries to to come stay in when they've got time of need. Um, and they redid it. They furnished it. Um, it's this little house with three little bedrooms, and it's just so cute and quaint. Cool. And it's just been such a privilege to, to be in there, and uh, we're so thankful. Mike Snedeker is the pastor, and Tim Sanger is the youth pastor. known both of them for years. Oh. And, uh, you know, they're just, they've just been so gracious in, uh, in opening that up for us. Cool. So I guess the story will continue. Um, <laughs> I'd love to talk with, you know, Kristen as well and hear about mm-hmm. your marriage story at yeah. some point too um so yeah i guess uh, if somebody wants to hear more about family life or crew or weekend to remember or even ways of getting in touch with you or support mm-hmm. or whatever where's the place to do that probably can send me an email so which would be steven.shoal at familylife.com that's uh, probably the best way to do it. And then, gotcha. you know, we'll maybe connect on the phone and, uh, you know, talk a little bit further. Mm-hmm. We can get together, you know, whatever. Cool. Are you going to be at fam- the Weekend Remember this weekend? Yes. Yep. Yeah. We're going to be there actually through Tuesday. So we'll go Friday and stay through Tuesday. What's your uh, responsibilities there besides being present? Being present and uh, really just kind of meeting with um, some of the, like we've got a couple different groups of people. We've got people who plan the weekends, um, their missionary staff, and then we've got ministry reps, which are kind of um, kind of over the, the ministry side of it. So we're going to be meeting with those folks because, you know, neither one of them live here. Um, the ministry rep lives in Arkansas and he's got, you know, maybe five or six weekends around the country. But just meeting with him and talking about, okay, what are we going to do about follow-up from, from the ministry and just kind of brainstorming and talking about what, what is that going to look like um, after the weekends. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, cool. so just a lot of connecting and planning cool. at the weekend. Cool. Awesome. Why not? We're here, Pastor Chad and us at the staff, we got excited just to, to hear you guys coming back more around like you said, resourcing for marriages mm-hmm. and families. We, we've really shifted here on trying to take a family approach um, mm-hmm. to, to church ministry and, um, and then, you know, realizing the amount of work that needs to be done in that. And yeah. like you said, like the oneness of a marriage um, and, uh, you know, the Lord talks a lot a ton about marriage from from Genesis and then all the references that Jesus uses is mm. uh, for oneness and marriage and, and covenant mm. and then all the way through to Revelation where we have the marriage supper of the lamb and 
just the longing for oneness and uh, what can come from that. I mean, it's like we are designed, like we're made, we're made for it. And it's yeah. so hard to explain in isolation what's what it truly feels like to be free mm-hmm. in your marriage, to feel like it's you, to feel like you are you, and it's and who God made you to be, and like your your spouse is completely invited into that. And, uh, like, it just touches the deepest parts of you, this, like, idea of oneness. And even saying that, like, saying that while also knowing there's, like, no end to the depth of it. Like, not until the, not until the marriage supper of the Lamb and, and the intimacy of that moment. And uh, it's really hard to paint a picture when you're in the isolation spot of, like, yeah. what a true place of peace and oneness can feel like in a relationship but knowing like it's so worth it like it's yeah. worth it well what right. if it takes a year like or five years or 10 years or it's 20 worth it. years or 30 years and yeah that's the no one has that answer um mm-hmm. but you and your heart with the lord and is jesus enough like mm-hmm. that'd be enough yeah it and, starts there yeah it absolutely starts there yeah, like that's actually like the one kind of controllable outcome in our life is like what we do, what mm-hmm. ourselves do, what we focus on, what our thoughts are. And so, yeah. um, well, we're, you know, we're excited to not not use you guys, but, you know, kind of having you guys in the area and just seeing what comes of all of it. So, yeah, we're excited too. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming in today. All right. Thank I know you. I've known you for a while. I was trying to think the first time I met you was... Um, well, I remember going on like a kayaking trip with like your brother and a bunch of other guys, and you were in like a beach. Also, it was like not a white water. Kayak. Oh no, it was not. And it was the. I found that out quickly. Yeah, it was a disaster. <laughs> and I remember uh, going to a Phillies game. I was gonna say I remember a baseball game. That yeah. may have been the first time. But it was crazy. Yeah. Okay, the only thing I remember about that game with you and what you said, and I don't know where this was at the point of your marriage, but. Um, you said, because we were with all the guys, like we did the guys, we drove down, went to the guys, it was playoff baseball, I think the Phillies were playing the Braves or something, it was September, and I I don't know what year it was, but the thing I remember is you said, you know, this is fun being here with the guys, but I'd rather be with my my wife, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I, I was, I think I was newly married, and I was like, you'd rather be with your wife at a baseball game, or just yeah. like with her instead of doing this? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know any better. And um, now I know a little bit more about like, wow, what it actually, like I want to, I want to experience everything with my mm. spouse. Yeah. Being with the guys is fun and yeah. it's needed. You have to do it. Um, but but it's, you're missing it's not out. The same. Yeah. That's yeah. like the only thing I remember that like you said, and it's just funny I to remember see where, that conversation. where you're at now. It's awesome. Yeah. So, it's all cool. right, man. Thanks for chatting. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.